You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. If you have your Bibles open to the Gospel of John, chapter 16. In the Gospel of John, beginning at chapter 13, Jesus starts to shift and is heading toward the cross and the resurrection. And in that shift, he he washes his disciples' feet. They celebrate the Last Supper. They go through things. And this is the content from 14, 15, 16 of the the message that he was giving them. And today I want to focus in on one aspect of it that is so pertinent. It gives the reason why Jesus taught this at the time that he taught it to his disciples. And it's important for us to get and to understand because he's setting uh, down a new, uh, almost a new way of understanding who he is and how you see him. So as he's preparing in, in chapters 14, 15, 16, uh, some call it the Olivet Discourse. It, it's, the, it's the teachings that Jesus gives. And then in 17 is his prayer. We oftentimes refer to that to his high, high priestly prayer. And then in chapter 18, he's arrested and the passion begins. So here's the reason. But now I'm about to leave you and go back to the one who sent me. You need to be told these things. Just prior to this, the end of chapter 15, he's talking about how how his disciples are going to be treated, that they're going to be hated, persecuted, and people will kill them and think that they'll be doing a service to God. Sounds like the Apostle Paul, doesn't it? When he was still Saul, you know, that he was going around and arresting Christians and taking them back to Jerusalem to be sentenced to death. And so we, we, we understand now, he says, I haven't had to tell you this before, but now you need to be told. And when I read that, it was just like the Holy Spirit just jumped all over me and says, there's some things you need to be told, young man. I thought, okay. And I'm projecting that if I need to be told these things, you need to be told these things too. <laughs> so let's look at this. Reading from the New Living Translation, beginning at verse 5, chapter 16 of John. But now I'm going away to, to the one who sent me, and none of you has asked me where I'm going. Instead, you're very sad. But it's actually best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the counselor won't come. If I don't go away, if I do go away, he will come because I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convince the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is unbelief in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the prince of this world has already been judged. Oh, there's so much I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not be presenting his own ideas. He will be telling you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by revealing to you whatever he receives from me. And all that the father has has is mine. This is what I mean when I say that the spirit will reveal to you whatever he receives from me. 
In just a little while, I will be gone and you won't see me anymore. Then just a little while after that, you will see me again. You need to be told. (laughs) You're going to be treated badly. Don't be surprised. Isn't this the theme of many of the New Testament writers? Isn't what Peter is writing to the church? Don't consider it strange when you're being persecuted, when you're enduring things and you're suffering. There's a whole thing there. But the disciples were sad. And now Jesus is going to take this reality that they were about to engage as they were bringing the good news to the world and the way the world would treat them, some of the world would treat them, some would respond, but he's preparing them to make a shift in their understanding that this should not be a cause for grief, but a cause for joy and rejoicing. Here's the truth, he says. It is to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the passion calls the counselor, the divine encourager will not be released to you. But after I depart, I will send him to you. Wow. We're going to get into that a little more in just a minute. It's best if I leave. If I was in junior high, I would think this was a conversation between a junior high boyfriend and a junior high girlfriend who's about to break up. It's really better for for me to leave. Oh, it's not you, it's me. Uh, You know, all the different kinds. And it's like, Jesus, what are you doing? We don't want you to leave. We want you to stay here. But Jesus is trying to prepare him for what is coming, the inevitability of the cross. And as he's doing that, he's, he's trying to help them understand that this is not something that is going to catch him by surprise. But it's actually for your good. Now, you can't imagine going through the trauma of all the suffering and being witnesses of watching Jesus suffer and watching him being crucified and then waiting for three days as he's in the, in the ground, in the tomb, as you're waiting and waiting, sorrow upon sorrow, dreams and hopes and everything just dashed. But this is why he's telling them now. It's interesting that he says, I'm telling you this now. I didn't tell it to you before because I was still with you. But now I'm leaving you. I've got to prepare you for this transition phase that the enemy's going to use to try to just turn you upside down and cause you to lose all hope in the kingdom and in me. So I go away, he will come because I will send him. (laughs) As I I was just reading this devotionally, I kind of leaped off the page and I just said, oh Jesus, send the Holy Spirit to me afresh today. I need a fresh sending of the Holy Spirit. Now I realize that, you know, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was released, is poured out on all of us, men and women, boys and girls, old and young. It, it, it's poured out on all of us. But there's times that we just need a little reminder. Yes, you have been sent. I receive you in a fresh and new way today. When he comes, Jesus says he's going to convince the world of its sin of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. 
and then he breaks it down for us. The world's sin is their unbelief in me. When you think of sin as unbelief in Jesus, uh, coming out of more of a holiness, um, legal kind of understanding of what sin is, it was like the Holy Spirit is sent to just be the dog that's always on my trail, ready to expose every time I do something wrong. And it's like, oh, it's the bloodhound of heaven that's not leading me to grace. It's the bloodhound of heaven that's going to chomp on me every time I get off the path. And it's like, ooh. But when you see sin as your unbelief in Jesus, as I, as I reflected on that, I was just thinking, Lord, I don't want to ever not believe in you. And in my heart, I think I always believe in Jesus. But in my behavior, it's like, that's not like someone who believes. And it, it, it's, it's something I think just devotionally to meditate on in your own personal life. What is, what is the unbelief that makes the choice to choose to go another path viable. Hmm. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you'll see me no more. I get sad every time he says, and you'll see me no more. It's like, Jesus, or John, stop putting that in. You know, just, just say that he's going to the Father and, and with that understanding, it's, it's Jesus is all about fulfilling the righteousness that God requires. He submitted to John the Baptist for baptism. And he says, this is to fulfill. And so he, he, he takes the path of submission. He humbles himself in the death of the cross. All the things that he did, he chose to go that way because he wanted to fulfill all righteousness. Mm. Judgment will come because the prince of this world has already been judged. Do you realize that the enemy at work and operative on planet earth today has already been judged? He's already been judged. He is a defeated foe. We read the book. If you haven't, read the last book of the Bible. We win. In Revelation, we see that the enemy is absolutely cast out and destroyed forever. And it's like, wow, that judgment has been decided, even as Jesus is speaking this. Then he goes on in the Passion Translation, it says, and there's so much more I would like to say to you, but it's more than you can grasp at this moment. I'm thinking, oh, why is it we can't grasp more? Well, part of it was because of their political alignment. And unfortunately, that's part of why we can't grasp more. We we're following our political alignment. We're following the prejudices that has been passed on generationally to us. And that keeps us from being able to understand the more. But fortunately, the reason why Jesus left us was so that he could send the Holy Spirit so that we can understand the more. Now that's good news. Amen, Rick. 
That's good preaching. That was good. Just because it's on the video doesn't mean that you're not allowed to participate. Come on, get in here. More than you can grasp at this moment. But when the truth-giving spirit, the NLT says, when, when the Holy Spirit comes, it's grasping time. The things that we couldn't grasp before he came, we can now begin to grasp. And we find that as we grasp the things that he reveals, we're able to grasp more and more understanding of what Jesus wanted to share with his disciples in chapter 16. He will, number one, unveil the reality of every truth within you. That's the Passion Translation. Uh, the New Living, Te the, the NLT says, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. So how many people get neurotic and anxious about, oh, is this true? Is this true? Oh, I, I might make a mistake. I don't know if this is true. And, and we get very anxious and, and we don't know if this is the right way or the wrong way. And we're constantly trying to figure it out and see how many resources we can draw upon. And there's, there's some wisdom in a multitude of counselors, but there's nothing like having the counselor lead and guide you into all truth. He should be the first place that we go to. And then as we ask him and as he begins to lead us, he may then connect and affirm the truth that he's spoken to our heart and cause it then to be affirmed and verified by multiple uh, witnesses. I love that about him. He will unveil the reality of truth, of every truth to you. Come on, Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit have his way. He won't speak his own message, but only what he hears from the Father. Does that sound familiar? Isn't that the way Jesus said he operated? That Jesus in John 5 says that I only speak what I hear my father speaking and I, I, and I only do what I see my father doing. Oh man, the Holy Spirit is a copycat. He's just like Jesus. He is now, as Jesus says he comes, he's only going to speak the things that he hears the father speak. Huh. Poke your neighbor, say, don't fall asleep. This is too important. We got to get this today. Come on. Come on, Lord. Mm. He doesn't speak his own message, but he speaks what he hears from the Father, just like Jesus did. Third, he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. Mm -hmm. The things that we couldn't handle that the disciples in chapter 16 couldn't handle, now the Holy Spirit has been sent to us so that we can know and receive it and know what's going to happen in the future. Jesus is trying to prepare them and give them a little insight into his suffering, his crucifixion, and his resurrection. Just three main things. And it was difficult for them because of the emotional grief that they incurred to be able to see and recognize the timing of what Jesus was doing. How much more so for us? We need to be aware that the Holy Spirit has been given to us to speak and to teach us the things that he hears from the Father. Cause it to be known to us so that we can be prepared for what's coming down the road. Mm -hmm. 
Next, he says, he will glorify me, Jesus. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus on the earth. Let's see Jesus receive unbelievable glory on the earth. As we hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, as we follow what the Holy Spirit, the path that he's, he's leading us on, walking in the Spirit, in step with the Spirit, doing the things that the Holy Spirit uh, impresses us with and, and inspires us to do. For he received from me what is mine. The Holy Spirit's only going to take what Jesus has. And Jesus then goes on to say <laughs> that everything that the Father has is mine. So what does the Holy Spirit have to draw upon? What's the Holy Spirit have to draw upon? Everything that the Father has. Everything. There's not one thing that's off limits to Jesus. Therefore, there's not one thing that's off limits to the Holy Spirit. I love that. And he will reveal it to you. You want to know the deep things of the Father? Invite the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me. That's why I say that the divine encourager will receive what is mine and reveal it to you. When he's got with Jesus, he's got it all. So, verse 16. Soon you, will, soon you won't see me any longer, but then, after a little while, you will see me in a new way. I don't know about you, but there was a there there was a wonderful leader, spiritual leader in in the Indianapolis area, and I wanted to get close to him. And as I got close to him, he said, "Well, here's this brother. He'll meet with you." So I met with this brother, and this brother was amazing. He was really good. But then this brother said, "Here, meet with this brother." So I met with this brother. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm three steps removed from the one that I wanted to get to know. Here was the man that I wanted to know. He gave me to one of his disciples, and that was good. He gave me to one of his disciples. And so it was like, I felt three steps removed. Have you had that experience? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where, where the one that you want to get to know, you've got to talk to so-and-so, you can't talk to them, you've got to talk. And pretty much in the world, in the political world, that's kind of the way it works. You can't talk to the president, you can talk to you know, an aide, you talk to someone, and, and, and you continue. And I think this is the way the enemy wants us to think about the Holy Spirit. Here's the Father, and we want to have relationship with the Father, and we want to be in connection with the Father. But he says, I send my son. And so he sends his son. And so now we want a connection with the son. We really want to know the son. We want to know Jesus. I mean, he's amazing. He's the king of kings and Lord of lords. We want to meet. And now Jesus says, oh, I'll send the Holy Spirit. Now, in our natural, rational, Western world mindset, it feels like we have been removed several ways from the Father. But the truth of the Holy Spirit 
is that we have absolutely the greatest access to the Father that we could ever have. Because we couldn't approach the Father if we didn't have the Son. If the Son hadn't come and done what He did, we would never know the Father. The Son introduced us to God as Father. And now, Jesus, in a human body, is restricted to time and space. He ascends to the right hand of the Father, and he releases the Holy Spirit, who is spirit, who can move everywhere all the time, and we have incredible opportunity for full connection because now the Holy Spirit, he takes what Jesus has, Jesus has taken what the Father has, and now the Holy Spirit dumps it all on us. We have access to everything that our hearts ever long for, So what's the evil one do? He tries to get us prejudice against the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's for emotional people who speak in tongues and jump over pews and do backflips and stand on their head. And all, because he knows that if we get a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we have a greater relationship with the Son and we even have a greater relationship with the Father. And the number one way to keep your relationship from being all that God intends it to be is to try to get you to choke on something about the Holy Spirit, his gifts, his graces, his fruit, how he moves. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. No, he's not. Sometimes he's a gentleman. Sometimes he'll knock you on your fanny. You, you, you don't, you can't control him. He is like the wind. You can see the effects, but you can't control it. The Holy Spirit is, is what we want to hear today. It brings a greater glory to Jesus, which brings a greater glory to the Father. And if we want the full relationship, it's through the avenue of the Holy Spirit. That's how we get connected to the work of Christ. That's how we get connected to the wonder of our bridegroom. That's how we get connected to our Heavenly Father. It's through the Holy Spirit. Well, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is what I heard the Holy Spirit say this morning. The Lord wants to take stuff off his children, stuff that they're carrying. Some have been carrying it for way too long, for a long, long time. Stuff that he never intended for us to carry. Some are relieved to hear that. He said some, as soon as they hear that, they're going to be excited. Others are going to be afraid to let him. So familiar with the weight are we, the weight, the pressure, the load, the oppression that accompanies it. Today is a day of release. Grace is here to help you release what should have not remained upon you or within you. Receive grace to release what you were never designed to carry.
today. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you right now. We just invite you to visit each and every one of us. The longing of our heart is to know Father, Son, and you more intimately than we've ever known you. And you know where we are. You know the loads that we're carrying. And some of these have no right to be attached to us. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to, to just bring the sword of the word and to sever everything that's tethered to father's children, everything that's tethered to the bride of Christ, everything that's tethered to the temple that you reside in. We say, clean it out, clear it out, free us so that we can come to know more fully the wonder of intimate relationship with you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.